When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, Episode 8. Today's episode is all about grabbing life by the balls through rituals. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends. It's officially the second week of 2018. How are everyone's New Year's resolutions going? If my listeners follow a statistical pattern, that means only about 8% of you are on track. Bummer, right? I've been in the same boat, actually every single year. I start out strong with my resolutions and within a few months, who am I kidding? Actually, sometimes within a few days, those New Year's resolutions were shot completely just out of the window. This year, I'm pretty stoked to say that I think I'm going to accomplish all of them, and I'm going strong right now. Yes, I know it's not that far into the year, but still, I can tell. And the reason I can tell is that I've hit my goals so strongly in the last four or five months that there's just no way it's going to die down now. So what changed? Routines, baby. That's what's got me this year. And this is why I want to talk about rituals. So what's the difference between a routine, a ritual, and just a habit? We can look at a habit as an individual or standalone behavior. Habits can be anything from smoking, nail biting, negative thinking, even positive thinking. A lot of the times we're completely unaware of our habits, but sometimes we create our own. But even when we do create our own, the goal of a habit is to get it into the subconscious part of our mind to where we can perform the task without even thinking about it. A routine is an acquired behavior pattern or a set of actions that we choose to do continuously to where it becomes almost involuntary or it becomes a habit. And a ritual is a specific way of performing a routine or a task. It's like taking that habit or routine out of the subconscious and performing it with mindfulness and awareness. Rituals and routines, for that matter, are actually a great place to start revamping your habits. So why is this important? Well, we all have so much willpower in our day. This isn't my first time saying this, and it definitely won't be my last because it's important. But often we waste our willpower on a bunch of dumb shit. We wake up, check Facebook, respond on Facebook, comment on Facebook, check email, respond on email, check Instagram. Before we know it, we're shot and all we want to do is binge on Netflix. And that's because we're using up our willpower. So the last half of 2017, I made it my mission to completely transform my habits. And one of the most effective starting points was my morning routine for a few different reasons. First... It's the most common spot that you'll hear of people having routines. You rarely hear of a midday routine. 
And second, it's how you're starting your day. So you're not using any willpower beforehand. So where I used to just casually wake up and see where the day took me, now I wake up, drink a large glass of water, take my vitamins, ironically, they're literally called ritual, go to yoga, meditate in the car using one of my two favorite meditation apps, come home, make a matcha latte, write in my gratitude journal, and review my planner, which I planned the night before. My morning routine is probably my favorite part of the day. Which is funny because tons of people say they're not morning people, despite the fact that there have been tons of studies that morning people, I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see me, are proven, air quotes again, to be happier. My theory is that they just have more control over their day or themselves. But I added one last thing to my morning ritual about two months ago, and I'm loving it. It's the moon deck, and you can think of the moon deck like a beautiful, badass version of oracle cards. There are multiple reasons that I love this deck, and the first is how beautifully written they are. They're basically an interactive tool for connecting to your intuition, and each card shares insights on growth, your purpose, transformation, practice, and creativity. But I use them as a daily tool for self-reflection and meditation. But my favorite part is that they come with an action plan. So rather than just momentary inspiration, it gives you the first step towards making a change. And it feels eerily personal. For example, the one card that I chose on New Year's Day was called Rebirth. And it was all about shedding old habits that no longer serve us and starting fresh. How perfect is that for New Year's Day? And my New Year's ritual was a free write on writing about the rules or beliefs that are outdated and that are no longer serving me. It's an extremely powerful exercise. Like I said before, a lot of our habits are so unconscious that we don't even know that they're happening. So to bring that kind of awareness to these things, to write it down on paper and to give yourself a little promise to release them it can really work wonder in our lives. So today, I am titillated to bring to you the creator, founder, and author of The Moon Deck. Her name is Orana Leah, and she is amazing and has so much wisdom to share. In this episode, three key things that we're going to discuss are the power of both positive and negative rituals, what it means to show up for yourself, and a powerful journal exercise to help you tap into your subconscious. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word morning to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. 
That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. Welcome to the show, Arana. Thank you. My name's Arana and I'm the author and co-creator of The Moon Deck and kind of the founder of it. I, I pulled the pieces together and creating a deck is a vision that had been sitting with me for some time before I pulled the team together. Why an Oracle deck? What called you to create a deck rather than, say, write a book? I've always used decks for such a long time. I've I've collected decks, whether it was kind of from the Louise Hay movement of affirmation decks or tarot decks. They've always just helped me because I'm a very visual and experiential learner. And I felt like these cards help to take maybe bigger ideas or practices and create a single image and sentence or concept to work with. And that just really helped my brain, to be honest, to sit with something that was meaningful. And also this feel of, of an oracle of setting an intention and and then selecting something that felt like there was some magic to it and then reading it and it being completely on point with what I needed in that moment. And that seemed to happen over and over again for me. I just think so much of this work in the personal and spiritual development world, at least for myself, starts from our own trauma, from our own healing, from our own need to do things differently. And then in my case, it eventually turned into my, my passion and my career. You said that the idea of creating a deck had been sitting with you for a while. Do you remember what sparked that interest? Yeah, I teach yoga as well. And I used to do these big yoga and music events many years ago called Yoga Soundscape. And I would paint my own words on paper and pass those out to the students. And that was a fun way of giving it this oracle feel. And there would be, you know, inspiring words or affirmation cards. Whatever I shared with someone, it was the same response. They would get the perfect card or the perfect word. So I just started to see that this was something that was also working for others. And then that's really, that was like probably 2010. I found one, an old journal entry that in 2010 that mentioned wanting to create a deck. So you began the process of a deck in sort of an organic way. Once you realized that this was an idea you were serious about, what were the first steps that you took? I had an, an old intern at the time go through my old Twitter feed and, and capture all my one-liners. And that wasn't even, I don't even know if I used those in the end, but that was the beginning of sort of organizing some of my thoughts. I went through just like tons and tons of journals. I have an old bin of journals that I've kept. And I some of my old journals were just like when my younger self just just going through such a hard time, <laughs> some of the stuff that I wrote in there. And so that's kind of where it started was like just the the nitty gritty journals, which is my own freestyle journaling notes that I've taken being a student in my teacher's classes, notes that I took to prepare for my classes, journaling that I needed to do just for my own healings. And I really took 
that whole phase of writing and looked through that and pulled out little jewels and little gems that I felt needed to be in this deck. So it was a mix of my own journals, of some online research, of a lot of books that I have, and then a lot of it was definitely channeled as well. Writing, whether it's a book or a deck, is super hard. Some of my most frustrating times have been trying to organize my thoughts on a page. I'd find myself making a second cup of coffee, even though I was already hyped up on caffeine, carry the mug around, stare at my computer screen, type a sentence, delete it, sip my coffee, maybe write one more sentence. What was the process like for you to complete something so beautiful? Some days the writing flowed a lot easier. Others, it was a real struggle. I would sit there for three days, barely getting anything out. And then finally that fourth day, things would flow again. So it was a real act of just showing up no matter what. And some of those days or afternoons of writing were successful. Some weren't, but I had to keep showing up. So I think it was a real mix between divine channeling and something I knew I had to create, not knowing the success of, you know, I don't know, we we need to create, we don't necessarily know where it's going to end up. But I knew it had to happen. It took a long time to write. It was a pretty intense process, but a, a great process. You mentioned past trauma and also going through such a hard time when you're a child. What are some of these past traumas that you feel has shaped the person that you are today? I have an amazing family and grew up with, I'm very fortunate. I'll just put that out there first. Very fortunate, very blessed and have had quite a colorful upbringing. And in that colorful upbringing was a lot of magic and love and adventure. And what also was in there was a lot of noise and uncertainty and some chaos. So I had to take care of myself and my parents divorced when I was very, very young, uh, like many of us, but it was a, a difficult separation. And my mom Um, who just recently passed away in March, struggled um, being bipolar and being uh, an addict and also being a very magical person and thinker. But there was a lot of role reversal with her and I was deeply empathic with her. So I took on a lot and had to kind of deal with feeling things so deeply as a very sensitive person growing up. It seems like your mother had a big influence on the magical side of yourself. What was your relationship like and what was it like growing up with a mother like that? But yeah, it was tough growing up with my mama. She, it was tough, but it was also really magical. And I kind of had the best of both worlds with my family. My father's like super practical, super success oriented, very of the earth. Vacations with him would be really cool places and like your hotel. And whereas vacation with my mom, we like go in the car and drive across country and like camp out in Hawaii for two months with the locals and do what we can to get by. And so it was kind of the best of both worlds. And she, taught me how to have out-of-body experiences at a young age. My great-grandfather, my my mom's side has Indian, so he was Choctaw, an Indian chief, and he died when I was nine months old, and I had very strange and unique experiences with his spirit when I was young, and that was always a conversation I could have with my mom. So in that sense, I, I could tell her anything, anything at all. But on the flip side, she struggled a lot, and she couldn't get past her pain, and she was in denial about how she carried her pain and and her addictions. And there was a lot of role reversal growing up, but there was also a lot of adventure and magic and support. It was very mixed and I love her so much. And and all I can say is when someone you love that much passes away, all the stuff you carry, all the resentment, all the gunk, it really dissipates very quickly when they're gone. 
In episode 7, we learned that empathic people, or empaths, can feel the energy and emotions of others. So to be empathic with someone suffering from bipolar disorder, especially your mother, must have been very confusing for a child. Sometimes that kind of trauma can manifest itself in dangerous ways. And for Arana, that's exactly what happened. Not really being taught how to work with that sensitivity. And then that transferring into feeling insecure and not feeling worthy at my core because of what I grew up with led to me becoming a pretty hardcore bulimic for a lot of years, starting around probably started in like sixth grade, but really got out of control in eighth grade and then was up and down through high school and then kind of disappeared for a while and then would come back with a vengeance. So it was mixed with like this disease and it was mixed with a a true sincere interest in like holistic living. And so it got a little murky. So it would go from like bulimia and overeating and purging to like not eating enough to then cleansing and then getting really healthy again and then going back to cleansing. But then the cleansing would kick off this bulimia and it was just this kind of weird dance of searching. I was really just was searching for a cure. And now for another episode of lies we've been told about our health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back. No questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This story breaks my heart a little bit because it sounds like my own. Only, I didn't start as young as Arana did. But it was a long, painful battle for eight full years of my life. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't still struggle with thoughts, especially on holidays with overeating and weak moments. However, it's taken a lot of healing to change the next action that I would take into a healthier action like taking a walk. Years of healing, actually. And it might be easy for some of you to judge at home because why not just stop throwing up your food? Sounds pretty easy to me. For me, my conscious mind told me that it was a quick and easy way to combat the freshman 15 in college. But subconsciously, it was a way for me to control something when everything else in my life seemed uncontrollable. And ironically, very soon this disease was completely controlling me, and it took over my life. I remember sitting in my room, believing with my whole heart that I could never be with somebody, truly share my life with them, because I had no idea how I was going to hide what I was doing every day. And beyond that, I had no idea how I was going to stop. One thing's for sure, I definitely was not showing up for myself. Remembering to show up for yourself is often more easily said than done. In episode one, I talked about putting on your own mask first and the importance of showing up for yourself so that you can better show up for other people and things in your life. This concept seemed to really resonate with you guys because I got several messages from listeners expressing that they felt guilty or selfish when taking time for themselves. But how can you really help others when you need healing yourself? And I'm not saying that you should kick everyone to the curb just because you've got your own shit going on. But you should realize that your time, your health, your goals are just as important as anyone else's. If that's not motivation enough, Arana's and my own experiences are pretty good examples of what can manifest in the body and mind if you ignore things that clearly need to be handled. So it's been a journey. I've, 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 I've had a lot of roadmaps when it comes to personal and spiritual growth and healing. I think it'll be lifelong, but it was always finding my own. It was always to find my own sanity, if you will, and balance meshed with a deep curiosity for how it all works, for how the mind works and how our emotions work and wanting to understand it so deeply, like desperately wanting to understand it and have some reprieve. Whether this is coincidence or not, I've known a lot of seeker souls that have 
struggled with self-destruction. So I'm not sure if the self-destruction makes you seek answers or if you're more prone to self-destruction if you're a seeker. But either way, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. One of the biggest differences that I see in the moon deck compared to other oracle decks out there is the inclusion of rituals in each reading. Arana, why are rituals so important to you that you would include them in the deck? And what from your past has contributed to the importance of rituals in your life? Well, I wanted the deck to be interactive. Um, I wanted it to be interactive. I want it to be practice-based. It's always how I'm a teacher of practice. Um, I'm a student of practice. I know the benefits of practice. And this deck is really all about ritualizing the path of self-love. And I think that, you know, and, and I also say like rituals can be anything from the mundane to the mystical. So there's been times in my life where I've been so down and out that like I just barely can show up for myself. So you know what? That ritual, I'm making my bed every day. <laughs> That's going to assure that I get out of my bed. I clean up my bed. I like help the energy flow a little better in my room. As mundane as that is, that one action that I stuck to no matter how I felt that day started to add up into something meaningful. It started to, it started to represent a muscle that I was strengthening to be able to show up for myself. It was, it was strengthening that ability to be devoted and committed, you know, as silly as that is, you know, it could be flossing your teeth, whatever it is. It's like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to show up for my well being. and rituals. I think of them as threads And some of our rituals are daily. Some of our rituals are weekly. Like we have our Sunday brunch with our beloved or, you know, whatever. And then we have our daily, like our meditation and working with cards and journaling. And and then maybe one of our weeklies is like looking at our week and really scheduling it. And then we have our monthly and our seasonal, maybe even an annual ritual. And all of these rituals are threads. And these threads literally are woven together just as threads would be. And they're woven together to create a net. And this net is what carries us. This net is what captures us when we're falling. This net is our well-being. And so it's just been proven to me over and over and over again how essential that is. It's been proven to me over and over again, like when I'm not doing that, how much I can fall apart. And coming from a place of, of some trauma and having eating disorders and, and my own setbacks, when you look at that stuff, those are rituals too. They're just insane rituals. They're not healthy. But they were like these sort of obsessions. There were these like things that I had to do over and over again. And it was like like an itch, you know. And and I think a lot of us have that behavior, whether we're addicted to certain emotional patterns or uh, substances or behaviors. They become rituals in a sense. And we sort of get hooked on these rituals. So a lot of times the healthier rituals just slowly have to take place of these unhealthy rituals. I know firsthand how difficult it can be and how much dedication it really takes to transform or replace unhealthy habits with healthier rituals. What were some of the tools you used in your process of making these big changes in your life? Daily meditation has been huge. That's pretty much a non-negotiable for me right now. Um, Once in a while, I'll have one of those days where it doesn't happen. It's very rare, but I just, I don't let one day turn into one week. I immediately for sure get it to it the next day. It's so rare that that happens. If anything, usually I do a 20 minute meditation. So sometimes I'll just, I can only do an 11 minute meditation or I'll, I'll work, I'll be flexible in my life because that's important. And then my, at the end of my meditation, I always come to my prayers and it's just like a, a system that I work with and it works really well for me. 
So that's something that has really helped me hugely to show up every day, to show up even on the days that I don't want to, um, to always show up, even if I forgot to show up, to just like show up immediately, like, you know, and clean that up very quickly and not turn it into a habit. Working with the cards, I work with the mantras of the cards. I also make up my own mantras, and that's how I work with people. It's like, okay, you say, you pick a moon deck card, and you say the mantra three times in a row. That's what we hope that people do with it. It says it in the intro of the book, so that we start to clean up the looping of the mind. We're not going to stop thoughts. We're not going to stop the mental looping. It's just what happens. But what we can do is change the tone, change the words, you know, build new habits. So the repeating the affirmations on the cards or the mantras three times in a row is meant to instill a healthier pattern until it becomes habit. So I work with that in myself. Sometimes I'll just make up my own, like I am calm and clear is one I used to use a lot. I am calm and clear. I am calm and clear. And I would just like say it over and over again until something in my posture shifted, whether that was my physical posture my mental or my emotional posture. It doesn't matter which one changes first, like whichever one's willing to change first. Like I just let that happen. And then the rest start to follow. I feel like that same pattern applies to self-development in general. You make one change and the rest starts to follow. Maybe it's the motivation factor and seeing the results of all of your efforts or that having accomplished one thing, you're a little bit stronger to take on something else. Exactly. One leads to the next. And, and, and also it's just like what I've been working on is, is with the mantras, which helps, but like when I'm noticing myself go down a rabbit hole or a memory that just, I'm very good at hanging out in deep emotion. It's just like how I'm built. It's how it's like I've, what I've known. And I'm, I don't want to stop doing that because it's a big part of who I am, but I do need to rearrange it a little bit. Um, and like, it's just about being present, I guess. So I've, I've been working a lot on like when I notice my thoughts going into like my past relationship where I can get really sad or angry or whatever it is. It's just like, you know what? I've, I've done that already. Like I've, I've, I'm not one, if I need to feel something, I'm going to feel it. I think it's really important. But at what point are we just now like indulging? And, and that's where I'm at now. It's like, okay, I've, I've done such deep processing and sure it might still come up and it's wavy, but I don't really need to go down the rabbit hole anymore. It's a really beautiful shift that's happening and it's, you know, it's changes every day, but, um, I do feel that shift happening. And I think it's just that accumulative impact of all these little things that we do that starts to finally pay off. And that's why the consistency is important because it does finally start to swell and turn into something but we have to show up. We have to participate. Now that you've created this amazing deck, you've become a source of wisdom for thousands of people, regardless of whether you feel like your life is a little bit chaotic. In those times of chaos, do you still draw your own cards? And what does it sound like to you? Does it sound like your voice? And if so, does it still have that kind of power for you as it does for so many others? My voice is very much in the deck. I know it very, very well, um, but it is a part of me, and I don't always think or speak that way. That's a part of me that's like a higher self. And you know, I, I, my older brother is actually a, a huge. He's one of my best friends, and has been a big teacher for me this year. And, and he's always been. He's my big brother, but um, but he uses the deck. He's a big believer in the deck, and he's just like when I'm having a hard time. He just reminds me, he's like, where's that person that like wrote that? Or like, you know, all this stuff, you put it in the book. And also recently, Andy, the illustrator, I, I had this moment recently, really deep 
gratitude for how much I trust this deck and what it needs to say in any given moment, in any given group. And I told Andy that, and then she's like, well, you need to trust yourself that much because you're in there. And so it's definitely, it's like both are true for me that I forget and, and then I go to it and, you know, my community and the people that support me and can embrace me, whether I'm having an ugly day or a beautiful day can just be like, well, if you trust that, why aren't you showing up for yourself that way? You teach word weaving and dream weaving workshops. What are these? How are they helpful? And can you explain in detail how we can do this exercise at home on our own time? I'd say the easier one to focus on is the word weaving, which is really just teaching people how to create their own mantras, which are very much in the spirit of the deck, first person, present tense, uh, really like as concise as possible. So like, how can the, the sentence be like sharp and have rhythm and just carry the words that really emphasize what you're calling in or what you want to embody? And so when I teach that, that's the angle that I'm taking. And so the word weaving is usually, I, it's um, kind of a distilling process where I have someone start with their most inspiring people in their life. And this could be a man or a woman, living or dead, a pop star or your family member or colleague. It doesn't matter, but just a couple people two or three people who really, really inspire you. And then writing down, like, what is it about them that inspires you? Like Bjork is one of my great inspirations. And the words I would choose for her is an innovative visionary who blends art and spirit and technology, right? Or so the key words there would be innovator and visionary or something like that. So you can have these types of sentences for your people who inspire you. And then you circle your three top words that really jump out at you. This, this is no place for maybe you really want to go for the yes here. And then say your three words were leadership, visionary and feminine. Just let's say those are the three words you come up with after you've gone through this exercise. There you have it. You have your three words and then you write your mantra. And so you've started from these people who stand out in your life as inspirations, which of course we know is a reflection of ourself and our potential. And then you whittle that down to your three top, top words. And then those are the words you craft your mantra with. You write it in first person, present tense, and then you repeat it. And that's your daily mantra that you get to use. That's very current to where you're at in your life. And then you can do another one a month later. And that's kind of what the word weaving is. I thought it would be really cool to do a general reading for all our listeners out there, especially at the start of the new year. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's see. <laughs> we got the wolf card. I unleash my wildness and choose to be free. I unleash my wildness and choose to be free. I unleash my wildness and choose to be free. So this is the wolf. We have nine animals in the deck. This is one of them. And the wolf in this case, in the moon deck, is um, not representative of the lone wolf. I mean, of course, it could be that. But in this case, in the way it's written in the book, it's about the pack wolf. And the pack wolf is um, very loyal to its mate. It's very loyal to its pack, to its community. But it also has a deep desire to go out on its own, to go explore and observe and learn on its own, to fulfill its own curiosity and desires. So it goes off on its own. It's like this wild wolf. And then it comes back to its community or its pack or its tribe to share what it discovered, what she discovered. So that's kind of like what this one represents. And, and so it's going to be really different for everyone hearing this because we want our own insights and subconscious to be awoken here. And, and that's not wrong. Like that's this card triggers somewhat something for someone. And we want to follow that trigger and see what that's about in relationship to the meaning of the card. 
So this is a card that's asking us to choose what freedom means to us as we embark on a journey full of personal discovery. And for some of us, it might mean really going out there and being super wild and free on our own. For others, it might mean taking a stance of our freedom and wildness within our family or community. And the individual, of course, know for themselves what what rings true. And sometimes we need that like leaping. If we've been feeling constricted or bound, that call for freedom is going to be something very different. Whereas someone who feels pretty free, but maybe they're not sharing it enough with their community or, or wearing that leadership of freedom in their community, that's going to call forth something different for them. But this card is really about that the wolf has arrived to remind us of our unique wild spirit and our ability to choose how we express it, our freedom to choose how we express that in our own life and or in our community. And she also represents a balance between our own needs and the needs of our tribe, really finding that balance where our own needs, our own curiosity, our own zest for discovery is being fulfilled, while also recognizing the needs of our community and the needs of our family and tribe and how can we balance that out. And because the wolves in this case are fiercely loyal to their their pack, they're always going to bring that home and share it with them. So this is just encouraging us to embark on that discovery, but to still stay connected to, to our community. And if someone's maybe not feeling like they have that soul tribe right now, it could be a call to call that in as well, to explore your freedom, to unleash this deeper wild calling to express yourself and create and explore while also cultivating that rich relationship with community. And so this last sentence here says, as clear as the wolf's howl at the moon, learn to hear your inner voice and unleash your wildness. I can't speak for all of you out there, but that was a perfect reading for me, especially considering the dialogue between me and Arana today. We are both 100% on a journey to take some of the hardships and the traumas that we've experienced and spread the wisdom learned from those experiences to benefit other people. That's exactly what I'm doing with my podcast, and that seems just to be her goal with the Moon Deck. If you love the Moon Deck as much as I do, you can purchase your own at themoondeck.com. Arana also does live readings on Mondays on the Moon Deck Facebook page, which she calls Moon Day. It's a really fun way to start your week off with this amazing source of motivation. I'll link to both of these resources on the show notes page at mindlove.com slash 008. If you loved this episode and you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. And for some extra karma points, please rate and review the show. This really, really helps me entice even more awesome guests to come on the show and share a little mind love with you. As always, I love hearing from all of you, so shoot me an email at melissa at mindlove.com for suggestions or just to say hi. Thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 